0: The God of the game. All roads lead to Rome. Southgate's men were outcoached and outclassed by Mancini's men in the finals of Euro 2020. Messi wasn't a great player till Sunday morning 5.30am but became the greatest ever in a space of two hours after lifting the first international trophy for Argentina in 28 years. Will Djokovic achieve the unthinkable Golden Slam in Men's Tennis? Can Indian women continue their impressive fielding and win the T20 series against England? Also for the first time, we have an NBA update. Let's go! It's over guys. One month of enthralling international football has finally come to a fitting end at Wembley with Italy winning the big prize. But today's episode is not just about that. Messi has finally won an international trophy with Argentina at the senior level and outside football we have Novak Djokovic equaling the record of 20 grand slams and we also have some cricket to cover today. So to do it all, please help me welcome Ishan. Bellissimo
1: of europe i'm so happy england didn't win but hello and welcome guys to sports churches such a happy episode this is going to be let's do it
0: great i mean as you rightly started it off well there is only one place to start this episode and that is at wembley after 120 minutes of really grueling yet a fairly high tempo game italy defeated england 3-2 3-2 on penalties that had so much drama. Well, not the best finals I have seen in terms of attacking play, but definitely not the best penalty shootout, also. But the game
1: wasn't boring. I agree. I think you know it it, it almost swayed like a pendulum. If you saw the first half, I England dominated play. It felt like, you know, the Italian midfield that was so dominant throughout the tournament was suddenly showing some cracks. You know, Jorginho, Jorginho not so influential. You saw, you know, Immobile, I don't even remember him having the ball. And it felt like England, when they scored early, when, by the way, a great goal by Shaw, great finish, uh, scored very early. And I thought this might, you know, there are a lot of voodoo's England have broken this Euros. Could this be? Hmm. And then when the second half happened, it almost felt like an inevitability that Italy would score. And the funny thing was the Wembley crowd knew it. Like they also, if you see, there was a lull throughout from minute 45 to 90, there was a lull where almost they knew what was going to happen. They were just hoping England could hold on. But it had to be one of the stalwarts. The fossil fuels of Italy, Bonucci came up clutch, scored I meaning a bit of a scrappy goal, uh, but they equalize and then I felt mentally Italy was always going to, you know, come up tops. So I hoped it wouldn't go down to penalties because I know and we've seen it, unfortunately, on social media, how a loss is construed very badly by fans, loyal fans. I won't even call them loyal, just yeah. absurd, embarrassing fans. And that what that's what happened, right? Uh, but I want to ask you something which... About the penalties, for example, right? There were a lot of leaders in the pitch who had played the 120 minutes for England. And we noticed Southgate, obviously a defensive manager, got in, Rashford and Sancho, literally at the last second of the game, of yeah. the 120th minute. Yeah. Do you think he should have taken, allowed or asked other players who played the full 120 minutes to do be those first top five penalty takers?
0: Well, I I understand why he wanted Rashford and Sancho to be there on the penalty. See, I don't know what was happening behind the scenes. I'm pretty sure these guys must have gone through this during their preparations for the game. They would have expected penalties to happen. They would have had their top five penalty takers. So in that top five, Rashford and Sancho would have been there. And Rashford is a great penalty taker. He's, he's He's a very good penalty taker for Manchester United. But what... I wanted, what I couldn't understand is why you bring them in the last minute. I mean, you could have brought them at least five, six minutes, give them at least some feel of the game, six, seven minutes, let them run, let them have some feel of the game and then get into the penalties. You get someone just for the penalties that put so much pressure on them. And yeah, I mean, eventually that showed poor, poor on them. I mean, I really feel sorry for all those three who missed their penalties, but see, that's where trophies are won and lost that's the that's the margins that we are talking about and since you brought uh the the oldest defense in the tournament we saw how experience matters in big games pace is really overrated for defenders i'm telling you i agree kelini and bonucci had zero pace but man they were absolutely imperial bonucci understandably deservingly won the star of the game there, were, there was this period where Bonucci was simply back-heading balls to Donnarumma without without even looking at Donnarumma where he is. As if like he had, he knew where he is going to stand and where he is going to send the ball. He was so cool, so calm, kelini He was brilliant, but whenever things didn't go his way, he was ready to play the dirty game. He literally pulled
1: Saka. Like, you're not going anywhere. Like, he literally... No, rock bottom. <laughs> rock bottom. <laughs> But no, I think those two are just a great, like one of the great storylines of this tournament, you know. I think all of us, and you're completely right, we talk about, you know, when we are talking about valuations of defenders, the first adjective we use is a pacey defender. And I think that is so overrated because you see these two guys who are literally born and bred in the old Italian style of football, they adapted to this, you know, flamboyant, Pass, attack, kind of Italian, and they literally didn't look out of place. In fact, they, I think, looked even better. Yeah. And that is that is the you know the the magnitude of what they are worth to that country as well as you know just the they're the true defenders. You know those are the definition of defenders. And Kialini is turning thirty-seven. My God! And he's played one twenty minutes, and he was literally in the England half in the last five yeah. minutes of the one twenty dictate. Attack exactly, and that is that was that's what you know made the difference. And obviously, let's not forget, let's big special mention to Donnarumma, yeah, player of the tournament, rightly won, but wow, at 22 the composure he has, it's just unbelievable. What do you think?
0: Amazing. Great. I mean, understandably, again, he won the player of the tournament. I was a little surprised first, but then I was right in the middle. Like, I really couldn't come up with an argument to not give him the player of the tournament. See, two penalties back-to-back. No one has done it in Euro's history. No team has won two back-to-back penalties ever. Italy is the first team to have done it. So excellent excellent goalkeeping he was brilliant especially doing the penalties just the right ways and and save two penalties so he was great and credit to the entire italian team like starting except i believe immobile everyone else played their part even emerson palmieri like he imagine he came uh he he replaced spinazzola who was pretty much a star of the tournament for italy but they didn't miss Peninsola there. I mean, yes, they they did miss Peninsola from the attacking sense, but Emerson was really
1: good, and their midfield. And this is Emerson to add to this, Bala, What are saying? This is Emerson who's barely had a minute with for Chelsea. Yeah, he's barely had any match time. Yeah, and he came in in literally the knockout stages, yeah. and made a difference. And that's 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 what Mancini has done to the Italian team. Made them this unit. Which you know, we're used to talking about the Italian teams as you know, as being a unit when they in the glory days, and this is a different version of that, but they're still a unit. But, uh, one interesting fact every team that went to take the penalty first won the penalty shootout, uh, this Euros. Yes, it's an interesting uh, thing I saw on Twitter, yeah, uh, and yeah, and but again a big shout out to england as well man they played so well throughout this tournament heartbreak i felt really gutted for them not the fans yeah because they've had such a great tournament such great players but i feel southgate missed something uh missed a calling there at the end where he could have made you know some changes which italy would have not planned for and made a difference so
0: like i, I you kind of naturally went into the next set of topics that i want to talk about the managers good that you went into uh, southgate like i see a bit of a, 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 a resemblance of ole in southgate like both are really oh dear god both are really great man managers but both lack that tactical edge i thought they were totally outcoached by mancini and his team and mancini what a comeback like he had a horrible time doing this last season with manchester city there was a lot of Controversies, he had a lot of fight with a lot of players. The Manchester City PR team had a horrible time with him. But he went out, he he again he coached Inter for a while, and then again he got fired from that also. But then he he said in an interview that he went back and he changed his 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 perspective, the way he he handled players, and he came back as this new person, took over this Italian team who Uh, Just to remind our listeners, they didn't qualify for the 2018 World Cup. That was a national disaster. Like you're talking about a country where football is a religion and if you don't qualify for the World Cup, that's a disaster. From there to this amazing turnaround, 34 games unbeaten. I thought that is one place where England lacked a bit of edge. That is to to find ways to win games. They had only one or two plans. If that plan worked, it's it's good but if it doesn't they didn't have any other plan to do yeah it was it was a little sad to see the english players uh, not winning it again uh, these are all a part of your experience they're all fairly young pretty much everyone's less than 30 except kyle walker and they have a good manager yes albeit he's not very good in the tactical sense but he will only improve but yeah they will have to take this as a learning experience and move on and, and come back in the 2022 World Cup and do good. So, yeah, well well done, England. Any other final... Did you
1: see, just before we end this, did you see that uh, story of this Italian guy bet on Italy to win, but by mistake, he bet on them to win the World Cup and not the Euros? <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, he basically has to wait... <laughs> For the next World Cup coming up where he put his money. Oh, (laughs) sad. (laughs) Oh, great, great. Anyways,
0: congratulations, Italy. Thoroughly well-deserved winners. They started this tournament with an impressive 3-0 win against Turkey. And they ended this tournament by lifting the trophy. So, well done, Italy. Well done, England. Uh, You guys were really good. And just before closing this topic once for all, A great shout out to all the organizers whosoever put together this great tournament yes there was a lot of controversies that that it happened across 11 cities Uh, good that Seferin came out and said that this is not going to happen again it was a nightmare for a lot of players especially few players it was very unfair for them few countries players they had to travel a lot so hopefully this doesn't happen again and a great shout-out to all the players, especially after a season, the kind of season they had. Such a short season where all those games were cramped in with no crowd pretty much for the for the entire part of the season. To come back and give such a great tournament. I mean, international tournaments are known to be boring, but this one was nowhere near boring. This was brilliant. It is by far one of the best. Yeah. One of the best, the best that has
1: ever happened in international yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, just to round off the awards, Donnarumma won the Player of the Tournament. Cristiano Ronaldo won the Golden Boot, and uh, Pedri won the Young Player of the Tournament. So that's about it. Now moving on to the most important uh, victory, that is Argentina finally lifting an international trophy. Oh, look, Messi. At,
1: look at the smile on the <laughs> bloody. <laughs>
0: whole space. (laughs) After losing their last four finals, like three Copa America finals and one World Cup finals, they finally did it. And that too against Brazil, their arch-rivals at Maracana. Brazil has never lost... I mean, they only lost two games at Maracana, including the one they lost to Argentina on Sunday. The last game they lost at Maracana was back in 1950 World Cup final against Uruguay. So, great. I watched the whole game. I got up at 5.30 in the morning...
1: Game was boring, like really boring. That is that was the sad part because I saw the highlights. You normally, you know, don't expect a Argentina Brazil game to be boring. Even in terms of drama, there was not in terms, there was no controversy. It was just dry. And but you know, Angel Di Maria, Mister Final himself. Yeah. What a goal he scored! Great goal, Brazil. I don't know. I was surprised. They were pretty toothless in the second half. Uh, Not too many chances, but however much I hate saying this, Messi deserved the shit out of this. Like, it would have been a crying shame if he ended his international or even a professional career without an international trophy for Argentina. And luckily it happened, uh, you know, before he retired and thoroughly deserved. Amazing, amazing congratulations to him.
0: Yeah, but, but he had a horrible game. He froze in front of the goal. Like he had his moment. He could have scored the second goal and sealed it. He froze. He missed an easy chance. I was literally jumping out of the couch and I was shouting like, what the hell are you doing? But on the other hand, Neymar had a great game. And just a word on Neymar to all those who just saw him in the 2018 World Cup and branded him as a diver, branded him as someone who just falls down when someone touches him. Just watch this game. He was... he. Everyone were playing football and Neymar was playing WWE. He was getting kicked left, right and centre but he kept at it. He kept running. He kept running. I felt really bad for him. But anyway, he has age on his side. He'll probably get to win one more with Brazil... Great win. Argentina finally uh, finally winning that. And
1: But tell me, Bala, hmm. before we end this topic, yeah. why does the Copa America have a third place game and not the Euros?
0: I don't know. Copa America have had this for a while. It's the independent uh, federation's decision. I don't know why, but they have it. Euros, I think they had it. I, I don't think Euros ever had it. I'm not sure. I need to check the data stats for that. But yeah, Euros have hmm. never had a, a a bronze medal game and Copa America kind so of... Spain
1: fought. versus Denmark would have been a great game. Yeah, it would have been
0: a great game. I agree. But yeah, I don't think UEFA follows FIFA's uh, format in, in, in this. And yeah. just a shout yeah. out to the other players who actually did really well for Argentina. We have been talking about this one guy, Rodrigo de Paul. What a game he had. Oh, he was excellent. Angel Di Maria, we spoke about it. And the fact that he missed all the four finals for Argentina, the last four finals for Argentina. He played this one. A lot of people wrote him off. But as Zishan pointed out, came good at when it matters. Rodrigo De Paul, amazing game. Emiliano Martinez, all came good. Otamendi, I never expected him to defend this well. He he put his body in his line. I don't think he
1: expected it also. (laughs)
0: Yeah, pretty good. Brazil, on the other hand, other than Neymar, I, I I don't remember any other player having a very good game. I mean, they all had decent game, but yeah, none of them were really impressive. So they
1: kind of failed to yeah. capitalize on the talent they have. But I'm definitely seeing Emil- Emiliano Martinez's price value going up. Yeah, yeah. What a last one and a half
0: years he has had. From being yeah. Arsenal's reserve goalkeeper to being their first goalkeeper,
1: winning the FA Cup, going to... How actually, much, How how would Arsenal be feeling right now?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a, that was a very poor decision. I mean, if you want to talk about Arsenal's poor recruitment decisions, we'll have to have one entire season for it. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's
0: true. Great. Anyways, congratulations Argentina. Congratulations to Brazil. Uh, that was a great tournament. I mean, not in terms of... Football, but yeah, at least I felt happy by the end of it. <laughs> well, talking about greats of the game, trying to settle the goat debates, Djokovic won his 20th Grand Slam, equaling Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer's tally of 20 Grand Slams by defeating Berrettini in four sets. His sixth Wimbledon title, uh, even after losing the first
1: set, I-, I was never in doubt. Djokovic will be the greatest of all time that nobody ever talks about. (laughs) You know, because everyone has been, and rightly so, so, you know, besotted with the magnificence of Federer's, you know, style and the tenacity Rafael Nadal shows on the court. It's almost all of Djokovic's achievements have gone unnoticed. He's almost like a machine. And you said this when we first were talking about Wimbledon, he's in that mode where you know, nothing, hurricanes, cyclones, to like a Federer and Nadal against Djokovic alone, nothing can beat him. He's in that kind of mode. And it was surprise, Berrettini played really well yeah. in the first set. You know, he was yeah. down. Everyone thought it was gonna be a walkover. He fought back, won it in a tie break. And then Djokovic, he's just too mentally strong, man. He's just like nothing affects him. And he just turned on, he just did the basic things right. And that's what he does so well, better than anyone else in the world. So yeah. he doesn't rely on spectacular moments. He just does the basic things right very consistently. And yeah. he's definitely going to overtake those two because I don't think Federer has any gas left in the tank to win one more Grand Slam unless it's a, you know, a Nations League equivalent knockout <laughs> tournament. But. <laughs> and yeah, so amazing performance by Djokovic. Congratulations. But let's talk about, Bala, I want you to talk about the women's finals because that's a story in one yeah. itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ashley Barty, the Australian, she won the women's, Wimble- sing- women's singles title in Wimbledon by defeating Karolina Pliskova. It was a three-setter. And Ashley Barty, just a quick trivia for all the trivia buffs. She played for Brisbane Heats the cricket team, the T20 cricket team uh, in the 2016 Big Bash women season. He apparently took a break from tennis and played that game and came back and won Wimbledon. I I mean, how impressive it is. Wow. (laughs) Just wow.
1: And that's a story, right? That is a story. And that, I think... Fortunately or unfortunately is now only possible in women's tennis because every year it seems there is a new Grand Slam winner and then we get excited about that winner and then we never see that person win again. But at least Ashley Bharti had a great story behind, you know, two sports that's not easy to do. I think, you know, in India we think we are a district level tennis player, district level cricket player. (laughs) but like these guys are playing for like big bash and then women w- winning wimbledon that's like another level yeah. you're talking it's another conversation only
0: that too in australia i mean australian cricket is not uh, malaysian or hong kong cricket it's australian cricket like that's a pinnacle of yeah. cricket and you play there and to come back and win a wimbledon tennis singles title i mean that that takes a lot of lot of skills absolutely impressed the other instance where i remember a cricketer who was also a tennis player was Asif Karim. I don't know whether you remember. He was yes. uh, he was Kenya's captain. So he was also a part of Kenya's Davis Cup team.
1: So I don't know so. how they were one of the greatest Davis Cup teams ever. <laughs> the <don't> Kenyan <laughs> <Davis>. <laughs> but the but again,
0: the, <laughs> the point is uh being professional in two different sports. That's that's impressive. So yeah. pretty good. Again, Djokovic. I don't think he's going to stop now. He's probably been another three, four uh, Grand Slams season. Yeah, yeah. He, is, he also has age on his side. Yeah. He's, he should be at least two... I mean, he's way younger than Federer and I think one or two years younger to Nadal. Yeah. And, Nadal. and just a word on semis. He defeated Shapovalov. I mean, I thought Shapovalov was very impressive. I want to see more of Shapovalov. Uh, yeah. and, and you could see. See, Djokovic, he knows his body. He knows his strengths. And more importantly, he knows his weakness. As you said, he doesn't do anything extraordinary. He just does the basics right and let the opponent implode. And that's what he did in the semifinals, yeah. also. Congratulations, Djokovic. And,
1: uh, Yeah. And just to end the Wimbledon conversation, congratulations to Samir Banerjee, who every Indian is very proud of, forgetting the fact that he's never come to <laughs> India and he's not an Indian. But because of the name... Today's Twitter feed was congratulations. You've made the country proud. Uh, so, but anyway, I saw the I saw him play. I saw the highlights of his game. He's definitely a talented American tennis player who will make America proud. But amazing, great talent. I'm just happy he has a Banerjee as a surname. It connects with my Bengali roots. So, congratulations to him as well. Great.
0: Great. Just one quick word, Djokovic has a chance to do his Golden Slam, a feat that has never been achieved in men's tennis. A Golden Slam is basically winning all four Grand Slams in a year and the Olympics gold medal. It has ever. It has been done only once ever in, in the history of tennis, both men and women put together. It was Steffi Graf, I think she did it in 92 or 96. I don't remember when, but she's the hmm. only one who has done it. Wow. Great. Now, talking about women doing really well in in sports, we have our Indian women, they made a stunning comeback against the England women's team to win the second T20 after losing the first one, unfortunately, by a Duckworth loose method. Yes, they didn't play well. They, they lost it. But the second one, they were brilliant. In fact, India batted first. Uh, they scored 148. Uh, Shefali Verma, no surprise, scored 48 and Harman played about, scored about 30 runs. England were cruising. They were hard and six for two. They were on course to win the game. But then two balls, they lost two wickets. One was uh, uh, an LBW decision, which was an umpire's call. Uh, fell in our way. And the second one was a, a very scrappy run out on the non-striker's end. And and after that, India bowled really well. And talking about fielding, the fielding has been
1: we've got Roads. T. Rhodes ka, you know Atma and the women's team suddenly because it is literally I've never seen our women's team, Indian women's team you know feel like this. It's a different level. This is I think that switch which the Indian men's team took about seven, six, seven years ago when they suddenly from a very subpar average fielding team, they just went into world class level. I think the women's Indian women team is going through that transition. Where, meaning, if people who have not missed, who's not seen that catch at the boundary, oh my goodness, what a catch! What a presence of mind! And there was another catch by I think Mandana, right? Mandana also took a really tall, Harman. No Harman, Harman Harman. Harman took us another very good catch. So, so great going! Here. So happy to see our team do so well.
0: Yeah, and, and there was a brilliant run-out also. So, again, overall, our fielding has been spectacular. And there's a decider, the third game. Hopefully, we win that and clinch the series 2-1. So, all the best, uh, Indian women's team. So, uh, win it and, and bring it home.
1: Oh, dear God. <laughs> Did you say Bonucci? This when, uh, guys, this is when Bala does not know how to end a topic. He will go back to a catchphrase made by a losing team or a losing nation, and then make it pop. Try to make it popular. Did you see Bonucci shouting at the camera? It's coming home. It's coming to Rome. It's coming Rome. Meaning, I forgive the bad English, but that sounded really good at that moment.
0: <laughs> oh God, Bonucci is never short of shithouseery you can always expect that from yeah great now in speed point there isn't much to discuss i mean all the major topics that happened over the weekend we covered all of it but a quick word on the nba finals uh, at the end of three games uh, suns oh, lead
1: ba- 2-1 ba- oh, i feel <laughs> my heart is flickering bala just <laughs> spoke up <of the> nba <laughs> The new button, Do you want to take it over button. this conversation, or you want to hand it over to me? Because uh, I oh, no no, no please how, oh, well.
0: no no please please I just wanted to give the score update I don't I don't know much about the players who I don't even know who's the favorites is it the Suns or the Bucks I don't know and I know f- uh, one trivia that Bucks they are playing the finals after a very long time so so at that level of trivia I know but I don't know much about what's happening in the game and. Who is
1: scoring? Okay, stop talking, Bala. Stop talking. (laughs) So the NBA Finals is going on with a surprise Western Conference entrance, Phoenix Suns, who never won the NBA Championship, and they were not looking likely to even clinch playoff berth this year. But they have one of the greatest point guards in the game, Chris Paul, who is literally in the twilight of his career. He joined them on literally a free veteran transfer and has taken them all the way to the NBA finals, and they play, they're playing against the Milwaukee Bucks, who are, are literally run by a Greek freak, and that is actually his official nickname, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, it's a correct pronunciation. He is a seven feet one machine. He, like, if for those who know a bit about basketball, think about LeBron James with the height and strength of Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, so that's what he brings to the table. He was injured for the first game. And so the Suns took the first two games actually. And then the bucks have got one back. So it's a seven game series. It's going down to the wire uh, early morning games, guys. But this is going to be interesting because this first time after many years, like I think about 60, 70 years ago was the last time uh, the Milwaukee bucks won it, but You know, we've not seen LeBron James in an NBA Finals for the first time in about 12 years. So, it's going to be a new champion. If you guys are lovers of basketball, just watch it for the, you know, the storyline that are going to be made each and every game. Great.
0: Uh, I don't have any other speed point stories to convey.
1: Farah, do you want to talk about the baseball all-star weekend?
0: (laughs) I have no news except for that one... uh, Non-sporting news yeah. that came out, so I have no idea about that. So, if you have something, please go ahead and no, continue. We'll
1: no, no, it's fine. We'll have we have a baseball-related podcast later. But yeah, any transfer? No, I mean no,
0: no, no football in transfers have happened so far. But we will expect all of them. All of all those transfers, everything to start probably in a day or two because all the international football is over. So, you will see all those transfers going through. And also, see, football's... I mean, the season is over. Uh, The next season is going to start in another three, four weeks. Pre-seasons for many of the clubs have already started. So, that's going on. So, hopefully, we'll cover more non-football topics in our next episode. So, there is cricket coming on. India, Sri Lanka. I mean... I would I would want to watch it only for Rahul Dravid for and for no one else. And Olympics is going to start on 23rd I believe 23rd July. So we'll probably cover. It's going to be a closed event. Yeah, it's going
1: to... because of all the, the COVID thing. It's a closed event. Yeah, it's a closed
0: event. So hopefully we'll cover some of Olympics and we'll probably track how India is doing in the Olympics. And other than that, we'll probably cover NBA also and other sports that's happening around the world there's
1: NBA there's Formula 1 so a lot of sports happening I think what we'll also try to do as hosts is also for get you excited about sports that you may not be able to you know may not be interested right now but try to pique your interest in them because hey like, like us both Bala and I are suffering from withdrawal symptoms because suddenly we got up this morning and there was literally no sporting <laughs> event to watch so I think you guys might be feeling the same so might as well learn about new sports
0: Great. That's a great end to a great episode and a great end to a great season of football. So, hoping to meet you guys again next week. Until then, it is bye from Bala. Bye, guys. See you next week. Take care. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, Please make sure you hit the subscribe button and also please, like we are literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to. It not only helps us, but also new listeners to easily find our podcast. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the rate Sports Chacha. A big shout out to The Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow The Jam Room on Facebook at the rate The Jam Room Audio. Bye.